Hello everyone and welcome to HR Works COVID-19 update. We really appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to join us. I am the host of HR Works, Jim Davis, and the editor of the HR Daily Advisor. Last week we began to discuss the issue of online accessibility and an increase in general, especially since the pandemic hit and lawsuits surrounding this issue. Today we're going to continue that discussion, specifically focusing on a proposed piece of legislation called the Online Accessibility Act. We are pleased to have back with us employment attorney Connor Eversold to discuss this important issue. Connor is an attorney at the national law firm Hall Estill in corporate law. He's been helping businesses navigate the growing issue to help them comply with digital guidelines under the Americans with Disability Act. Connor, thank you so much for joining us again today. Thanks, Jim. Thanks for having me. You are most welcome. What is this Online Accessibility Act? So this is an act that was introduced in early October by representatives from California and North Carolina. Uh, The point of the act is to amend the ADA to clarify those missing standards. So it sets forth four changes, major changes to the ADA. The first one being is it sets the ADA standard as the WCAG 2.0 2.0 guidelines that we were discussing earlier. So it sets that in the ADA. There's no question that businesses will know what the standard is that they have to comply with, which is good. Um, the second thing it does, it would limit the scope of the ADA to consumer facing websites and mobile applications. So before the ADA encompassed a large variety of technologies uh, because it was written so vague, yeah, it's just equal online accessibility. And now it's, it's, it would narrow it to consumer facing websites and mobile applications. So, you know, we can talk about that in a little bit, what that would mean for employee employer relationships, but I think it would have pretty wide impact on that relationship. So, and I'll go through these real quick um, so we can uh, get to the end of that. Uh, So the third thing it does, it would establish an administrative procedure through the Department of Justice that individuals would have to file complaints before they could proceed with private lawsuits. Uh, And that could be six months to a year uh, of lead time before these lawsuits could be brought. And then the fourth thing it does, it would cap penalties for fines. So the first offense would be 20,000, subsequent violations would be 50. Currently, first violations are 96,000 and change, uh, and subsequent violations are 192 and change. Um, So through those four pieces, it would definitely benefit businesses because it would limit the amount of potential liability that they could face. What do you think the likelihood is that this will pass? And if it does, uh, in what way will it impact businesses, particularly in regards to their customers under the ADA? So, you know, Jim, it, it, it's really hard to say because with everything going on right now, I mean, we have COVID uh, relief packages, uh, an extremely contentious presidential election, uh, environmental concerns. I mean, it's one of those things that might get lost in the shuffle. Uh, it, it's really hard to say, but I think if it did pass, it would definitely benefit uh, businesses and it would obviously limit the obligation businesses would have to uh, consumers who use technologies that fall outside that consumer facing website and app uh, classification, you could say. Uh, so, I mean, that would exclude 
an untold number of different technologies that are currently under the ADA um, because of that narrow classification. Yeah, I mean, uh, you've mentioned a few times that it's a, it's about consumer-facing websites and, and solutions. How does this impact or what role would this play in the employer-employee relationship? Well, ultimately, it would remove the obligation that businesses have to their employees under the ADA. So if an employee came to them and said, this program I'm required to use for my work, uh, I can't use it because I have a visual impairment, please fix it. The business would not be obligated to fix that under the ADA. And that's a major concern that people raise with this bill. I can see why. Um, it's a little, it's an interesting bill. I mean, on the one hand, I guess it would get the word out there and make more people aware. You know, there's no no finer way to get people to understand that there's an issue than uh, forcing them through compliance. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, as you describe it, it doesn't seem like it would do all that much for the employees. I, I would say it would, it's definitely focused towards businesses and limiting their exposure. Uh, I don't see it as doing a lot for employees, uh, especially as it relates to their work obligations uh, or their relationship with their employer. Well, in the meantime, since it seems like um, employers are a little bit um, vulnerable to these kinds of these kinds of lawsuits at the moment. Um, how should HR approach this problem? You know, are there steps they should be taking to protect themselves? Uh, what does that look like? You know, I think as an initial step, reviewing those WCAG guidelines is a good initial starting point because regardless of whether the bill passes, courts are pointing to that, uh, those guidelines as the gold standard. So the more that HR knows about these guidelines and how it affects their employer to employee uh, technological relationship, uh, the less likely they are to be found um, surprised uh, by say a lawsuit that, that gets brought like this. So if they do, if they are faced with a lawsuit or some kind of potential exposure that they're concerned might result in a lawsuit, they can front load uh, the information and their understanding of the guidelines that they will be held to. Now, I think that would be a good first step is, is just seeing, you know, are we in compliance? And if so, uh, can we do anything else to stem the tide of any potential lawsuit? Yeah. And just, you know, listeners, for your information, I'm going to make sure to include a link in the description uh, outlining uh, what the WCAG is so that you guys can have it for your records. Um, is there anything else you want to add before we go? Well, yeah, I think it's important to note, uh, you know, according to the, D- the CDC, roughly one in four Americans live with a disability. Uh, you know, and it's not just, it's not everyone filing these lawsuits. It's, it's a handful of plaintiffs filing 10, 20, 30 lawsuits at a time. And it's not just affecting big businesses, it affects everyone. I mean, I recently read uh, an article here in Denver about a, a urban winery 
who, you know, it's a family owned winery. They have a small online presence, but they got sued uh, under this act. And it, especially during COVID when things are already stretched pretty thin, uh, you know, they just can't afford to revise their website or, or fight a lawsuit. So, you know, as we said, these uh, websites, apps, they're, it's costly to revise or to amend them, to fix them. Um, so I think knowing that there may be an issue before it becomes one is the best thing that, uh, you know, we can do uh, at this stage. Well, I think that's about all the time we have for today. Uh, thank you so much, Connor, again, for taking the time to join us. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Jim. Absolutely. I'm going to leave those guidelines that Connor was talking about in the description so you can peruse them at your leisure. Listeners, please check back next week for the next episode of HR Works COVID-19 Update. Remember, you can always follow us on Twitter at HR Works Podcast. Thank you for listening. This is Jim Davis with HR Works.